Hey, this is Todd Burns from Red Bull Music Academy. Welcome to Couch Wisdom, our regular podcast presenting the best of RBMA's lecture archive. Over the past decade, Equinox has become one of the most reliable and innovative production crews in Kingston, Jamaica. The crew is centered around the producers Gavin Blair, a.k.a. Gavsborg, and Jordan Chung, a.k.a. Time Cow, with vocalists Shanique Marie, Chemical, and Bobby Blackbird. After years of local work with some of the biggest names in dance hall, Equinox crash-landed into the global dance and electronic scene with their 2016 album Bird Sound Power, a collection of unreleased rhythms that drew a line between Kingston, America, and Africa. In this public talk is part of the 2018 CTM Festival in Berlin, hosted by Christine Kakare. Gavsborg, Time Cow, and Shanique Marie spoke about the power of originality, the politics of dance hall, and how Jamaica seems to always twist things in unexpected ways. If you want to learn more about the Academy, please stay tuned after the lecture. For now, enjoy this bit of couch wisdom. Equinox from Kingston, Jamaica. Please help me to welcome you. Thank you so much for being here. Looking forward to jumping into this chat with you. Um, the first question I wanted to ask, actually, was in preparation for this, reading particularly about the last few years of releases and a lot of the music that has um, kind of brought you to a bigger audience, this idea of um, Equinox making dancehall weird again. Uh, it's this phrase that I keep hearing repeated over and over. And my question to you, to you is actually... Um, did Dancehall ever actually stop being weird or is this, is this a view that's kind of coming from outside of Jamaica or outside of the scene? Uh, I think on the, on the popular front of it, it had stopped being weird. It started to get like very, very, um, very what, what, what people consider how popular music sounds in this day and age, that's, that's, how, that's, how it, that's the, the type of direction that it started to take. Like in the 90s, <laughs> the 80s, and so on, it was, it was weird and it was popular, you understand? But, but no, it's, 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 it's just popular. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, but in terms of that kind of popular chart-topping sound, um, you also have crossed paths with some of these artists who have become huge superstars within Jamaica and outside of it. Um, in terms of like the entire breadth of the music that you've created, like in amongst your collective and also working with other people, I mean, how, how much of that is apparent or kind of present for you when you're making music? Is there a sense of um, we kind of need something that's going to be a coconut jelly man that's going to kind of be able to reach out to a number of different people. How do you f strike that balance between things that are a little bit more experimental and things that um, have, you know, so-called crossover appeal? Mm. <laughs> so <That's what> we... <laughs> yes, that's why you enjoyed it. Um, I, d I don't think, we really think about it that much. It's not, it's not that intentional. Um, when it gets intentional is when we're doing like, more writing and we just really have to correct here and there. Like yesterday we were walking in Paris and 
um, Gavin was ahead of us. I mean, Shanique were walking, and you know, Shanique was saying, "Wow, my hair is getting curly again." <laughs> so, um, we actually, because uh, we, we, I find that we tend to do this. Uh, we did it in Mexico the other day as well. We, we made a song about you know having curly hair, so it was like, "God, um, girls, girls, girls with curls and swords and things." Yeah. So what what we would do now? in the after process is then to like maybe just correct some lyrics or do something like that but it's really um about like what we see and just like an everyday thing it's not it's not really okay all right we need to sing a song about the coconut jelly man because they're really underrepresented in jamaica yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um i think just to jump in i use this word every time we have an interview, and I think that's because it's the realest word to, is to describe um, what we create. Everything that we do is is very organic, um, and as Jordan said, we're we're not going into the studio like, hmm, this is what's hot. Let's create something, or hmm, we want to be weird. Let's think what what could be weird. It's it's the energy and the vibe. Um, that exists in the moment. And we are a group that creates things based on passion and just emotion and how we feel. Uh, so like I might go into the studio and I might be joking around and I might just do a story like, ah, Gavin is recording it. Jordan is recording it. Then there's a rhythm they build and it sounds like a door in it, you know. That's really <laughs> that's really how that's really how everything comes together for us. And I think I think that is what makes our music so appealing because it's it's us and it's real and it's 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 what we are. It's not something that has been created in a lab. It's natural. And I think once we don't try too hard to to say we're going to do this because that's what needs to be done. I think that's when the universe says, "Ooh, I like this. Let's push it out there," and the waves go out. And the next thing we know, we have a coconut jelly man. <laughs> I mean, you just mentioned being in Paris yesterday and um, kind of riffing on something. Is this process of making music for you, I'm curious to know, how does it actually work? Do you have a central studio in Kingston where you can all get together and it's like a lab, you're kind of bouncing off each other? Um, that I can see heads nodding. So yeah, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, we all have, we all have a, central, a central base in Kingston. It's in, it's in Vineyard Town, it's in East <laughs> Kingston, where one of, my, one of my legends is from, which is Dave Kelly. Um, so it's a very special place to us um, and we all, congregate there on a daily basis and and do what we do you know <laughs> is that becoming more difficult now that you're on the road more that you're traveling more um, um to be what? able to find that time to get together well we're together on the road we're together so. <laughs> on the road so it works so out it, it's still it's still good you know yeah, yeah, yeah. right oh and i was just gonna say for example yesterday in paris like <laughs> i think I think even more so now that we're on the road um, and we're traveling and we're meeting people and seeing things and experiencing things, um, 
we're right there with each other. So we're like bouncing things off each other right as it happens. So I think we're even more so having things happen in real time. So I think it, it works out even better now that we're on the road. Right. And I'm, I'm assuming that this kind of dynamic between you is something that's developed because you've known each other um, for quite some time. Um, can you let us know a little bit about how it all came together? I know that, that Gavin um, is kind of a universe that you've, that's revolving around you. Uh, it would be great to hear a little bit about how that came together um, with the core members of Equinox. Um, well, it started a very long time ago. Um, Eons and eons. <laughs> many, many moons ago. Not that long. I'm not that old. <laughs> um, well, it started originally as a as a rap group in high school. Yes, I had aspirations of being a rapper. Um, I was like into a lot of Hoot and Clan and that sort of stuff, and that was where my my core um, foreign inspiration was from. Um, so we all wanted to be rappers. Um, and this was about in fifth form, I don't know how you call it here, if it's the 11th grade. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then high school pretty much ended. And then some of the members moved on, you know, to real lives. <laughs> you know, um, working in corporate Jamaica, going to university. I didn't do any of that at the time. I was just about the music. Um, so... Over the course of over the course of, at, at, at that time, um, there was there was one member called Jimmy the Toucan, and he migrated to Canada, and wasn't able to be active in the group as as much as he used to. And then funny thing is that a good a very good friend of his that we all went to school together it was Woolmer's Boys School actually in Kingston. He returned to Jamaica from studying in Canada, so they kind of traded places. So this person is called Bobby the Blackbird, which is still a member, but not, not on the road with us at the moment. Um, and then Bobby Blackbird and I had, you know, similar interests, you know, we, 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 we saw things similarly. Um, so we, we, we continued with Equinox um, over the next couple of years, and we, we actually at 2005 now. Right over the next couple of years, other people came on who shared interests, and they left as well. Um, so we we all the way to two thousand and nine now, and it's so Shanique. Um, two thousand five. Well, I first met Shanique in two thousand five on MSN Messenger. Um, she, <laughs> I'm not that old. <laughs> She was not of age yet to be to be to be doing anything really, um, but we, we we spotted some some talent, you know, through through a friend of of hers who was kind of like playing like a, a big sister, half manager type of thing. Um, so she introduced Shanique to us, and Shanique was to come to the studio one night, and she came without Shanique. So I'm like, where's where's this girl that you've been telling me about? Um, and she's like, uh, this might be embarrassing. She's like, her, her mom says that she can't come out because she's too young. Um, so the, 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 the link kind of died. Um, and then a couple of years after, in 2009, we were reintroduced um, by, by me doing a favor for a friend who was doing a commercial. And he was like, can you record a vocal for me? And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so it turned out that the person was Shanique. Right, and now she was of age to 
to um, operate. I drove <laughs> to she, the studio. She, she had a driver's license. She drove to the studio. Um, and then we just struck gold there, you know. Um, and then a few a few years after that, no, there was this there's this mystical <laughs> mystical character stalking me and and um on MSN Messenger. Um and it turned out to be to be Jordan. You know, he was he was sending me some tracks and I was like, what are these tracks? <laughs> they, <laughs> they were both they were both I was both repulsed by them. I was I was inspired. It was it was everything, um, everything good, everything bad. Um, I was telling them to change them. I was telling them not to change them. Um, but what what I spotted deep down was a very special thing in the tracks. Um, and the passion. And the passion, you know. Um, and then by, by then I'd, I'd already decided that I was going to make my mom happy and go to university. <laughs> um, so I'm a little older than, than he is, um, and Shadik as well. <laughs> um, so we actually met up in, in, in university, University of Technology in Kingston. Um, right, so we, we, we met there in person. I, was, I think I was walking along the, the the hallways one day and I got a text saying like I see you or right so we, we we met up there and I was like it's a it's a cool kid you know um and then we we, we all just started making music together and and then by then we had we had a, a MC was more or less a staple because we work with a lot of MCs but there there are a few who have a, a very special Play Shanique is one, um, and then another one is Chemical. And over the next couple of years, that it just kind of um, molded itself together as, hey, you know, this is the team. So it's 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 Shanique, Timeco, Chemical, Blackbird, and myself. The Fantastic Five. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. Um, I also wanted to ask a little bit about how reflective Equinox is. Um, with regards to uh, like perhaps sound system culture or production culture in Jamaica, which of course has um, laid the groundwork in terms of all of these incredible um, like petri dishes of experimentation going on. Is this something that you see as a spirit that you're carrying on in what you're doing or you are kind of forging your own path in this way? Definitely, we, we, um, it's in the spirit. It, I mean, you, have, you literally have no choice. Um, the, the 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 sound systems are are in the streets you know so once you're in the streets you're gonna be influenced by the sound system whether directly or indirectly you know it's either gonna disturb the life out of you or you, you're gonna enjoy you know um and we more or less enjoy you know it's kind of just always there it's it, it's a part of the jamaican just it's it's a constant background sound the sound system you hear it you know, when you're in your house, you hear it when you're going to school. Um, when I used to go to a, a, a religious um, place, I used to hear it while I'm in there. Um, so it, it's everywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I'm also curious to know, is there um, a sense of kind of purism in terms of how that plays out musically? If it's If it's such a present part of everyday life, is there a sense that it should be related to like kind of more of a roots reggae sound or like kind of early 60s or 70s traditional dance hall or do you think that 
an embracing of forward-thinking production and embracing other styles of music is also part of the Jamaican sound at the moment. Yeah, it's it's always been a part of it. They've, they've always embraced it. But the thing is that, um, like, Jamaica has created a, a, a number of genres has come out of Jamaica over the years. But they've come out with such speed and multitude that it's like Jamaica has, has grown used to, you know, just getting it and moving on to the next thing, moving on to the next thing. But it's not that they're not great in any sense, but, you know, we just have a lot inside of us because of that same culture of just the sound system and everything. But it's that, meanwhile, you know, it, it may take longer or last longer in other places. It, it just doesn't last that much in Jamaica, but... You know, we try, we try to, to always keep on doing it. I mean, somebody has to do it. And people are actually, they're doing it. It's just that, you know, maybe on the level that they're at, it, it, it's not, um, I, I don't think the light has been shining upon it as yet, you know. I think also um, to add to that is uh, Jamaican culture generally is like that. Um, we are... We are a fast-paced set of people, and so we're always rediscovering and moving. And so, as Jordan said, you know, things there is a there's a quick digestive period, and then it's rediscovery or it's or or more creation. So I think a lot of that also has to do with how Jamaican people are as a as a people. Uh, as I said, we are. Quicksilver people, so I think that has a lot to do with um, with why things aren't necessarily marinated, and then yeah. I mean, I, I've always had this this sense of enjoying sound system culture and what it represents because I, I love this idea of these kind of family type configurations, but <clears throat> within that there's this kind of like friendly rivalry as well. You're only as good as your last rhyme or your mm -hmm. last rhythm. Mm -hmm. So is that something that also exists between you guys as well? You're kind of one-upping one each other and egging each other on to some degree. Uh, definitely, yes. <laughs> definitely, yes. I, I would have to say that um, we're all very critical of each other. And we know that that is important because um, we are one in three and three in one or five in one rather and one in five. Um, so we always have to push each other and, you know, you know, an analyze what we've done or analyze our last performance, our last production and reflect on it. Um, because we know that, um, when we push each other, we're pushing the group. Um, you are only as strong as your weakest link. And it's important for all our links to be as strong as possible. So, yeah, I do think that we were always, you know, like, for example, I performed last night. Um, we performed last night. And when I was singing, um, I made a little glitch with one of the lyrics. I was hoping that these two didn't hear. <laughs> But they did. And after the performance, they're like, look how you said the wrong thing on the stage. <laughs> now, of course, the audience didn't realize, of course, because I was smooth. <laughs> but um, I, the whole time after, I was like, Lux, they're going to call me out on it, man. And they did. And it's important, you know, if, if you're in a group and 
your group members aren't trying to bring out the best in you, then that's not a group. And as a matter of fact, we're not even a group. We're a family. And family means no one gets left behind. So <laughs> I know you guys watched that movie, did you? Yeah, I see you. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, we definitely make sure that we're all... We're like the geese. I don't know if you know the story of the geese. Um, when they're moving, or when they're migrating in the in the winter time, there is oftentimes um, one of the geese is at the at the front, and they. This is <laughs> Please, he did not excel in English, um, but they carry each other, and um, the geese at the back. They constantly honk to, to to make sure that the the one at the front stays strong, and then they they switch places, and they're very very unified, and that's how they all make it together. And so I I use that analogy just to say that that's how we all make it together, and I think that's how our productions and our performances come out strong and on top. That's a nice segue into one of my other questions uh, about birds and bird sounds, and which has become something of a production signature um, for you. Where did this originate from? Well, um, it started really um, in the beginning from from just sampling just, just whatever. I would leave a recorder running under a pipe, you know, whatever it is, you know, we just didn't want to use something that said um, Timberland sample pack or, <laughs> or Neptune sample pack. Um, and even if we did, which we, which we, you know, it all comes on experimentation. We, we, we try to, we try to um, make it into our own, you know, we, it, 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 it turns into something else. Um, so naturally we came across, you know, animals and and birds just just turned out to be the the, the favorite one to sample, um, and then one day one day my mom was was entertaining a friend in the in the in the um in the dining room, and the friend was like, "What's that? What's that? What's that bird um, sound that 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 keeps coming from out the the, the um the room where your son is?" And and she was like, "Oh well, his name is Gavin," and it's uh, got the name from Scotland, and and it means it means hawk, um, or little hawk man, and 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 it turns out that the the um the the, the sample that I was using at the time was a hawk, um, so then it became some kind of special, some kind of special <laughs> thing. So that was like the, organic. That was like the stamp for 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 me to just push on with that. You know, and then I, I, when I met Nick, who is Blackbird, he was already Blackbird, and I was like, <laughs> "All right, cool, it's a bird thing." That <laughs> it's a theme you can't escape. <laughs> well, I think it's about time to um, listen to another track. Um, I think I'm going to select something kind of from your your back catalogue, one of your um, most popular rhythms, I believe, in uh, Jamaica which was 100 Stab by Aedonia. 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 All right, let's have a listen to that, and then uh, we'll continue the chat after that. Hey there, at this point in the lecture, they played some music. 
unfortunately, due to copyright reasons, we can't play that here. Yeah, I'm bummed too. Anyway, uh, enough from me. Let's go back to couch wisdom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe that track is perhaps like 10 years old. Is that that correct? Yeah, almost Almost. 10. Almost 10. Quite a controversial tune as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny though, like when you look up that track in particular on YouTube, like there's quite a few versions of it, but all of them have people from like, it's 2016, this track's still fucking me up. Like people are crazy for it. Um, And I picked that particular track because I think it was a good indication of what I have, what I feel is a pretty big signature of the Equinox production sound of taking one like quite prominent element and like looping it and stretching it and really making that a a central part of the track. So before we get onto the controversy, um, I'd love to know, how did you come around to that type of signature, I suppose? Oh, I really don't know how to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Or is that something that you, you recognize as a recurring yeah, it, 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 it really just it really just comes. Um and, and it's a part of dancehall to, to have to have something that is 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 repetitive but it it doesn't bore you to death. You know, it, you, you can listen to it for 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 fifteen minutes really because that's how long you'll end up listening to it because it's 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 one rhythm and then it has like sometimes up to sixty vocal tracks on it. Right. You know, so you, you could be playing one rhythm for two hours if you want. Yeah. You know, um, so it's important that 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 it's something that is 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 repetitive, but but still fluid. Where sixty different artists can come and hear sixty different things from it. You know, engaging it in different ways without it being annoying, really. Um, so that's that's pretty much a culture that raised us. And um, you mentioned the the controversy, and the track is is. Well, the first version of the track is called Flying Dagger, um, which, of course, relates to uh, daggering, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a very controversial... Um, right. just banned. <laughs> oh, it's been banned? Yeah, yes. it was banned. It was, it was banned, banned, actually. Okay. Oh, well, for the benefit of people here who might not know what daggering is, yeah. it's um, a very aggressive or a very vigorous form of sexual. dance yeah. that's very <laughs> sexual, and it, but it's almost acrobatic. Um, <laughs> so... What was the basis of it being banned? Was it like health and safety, or is it like a moral moral <laughs> yeah, outrage? Yeah, it, it, it was more health and safety that they um, <laughs> that they, the, the broadcasting corporation um, used as as the measure for it to be banned because it was it was getting a bit crazy. Still, you know, people <laughs> were people were jumping off jumping buildings. off buildings to <laughs> you know? it. Uh, um, homework for you guys. <laughs> Go home or while you're sitting on the train, not while you're riding your bicycles or anything like that, go on YouTube and look up um, dance videos or um, street dance daggering daggering videos so you can have an idea of what this daggering is. So, So daggering the dance is like symbolic of the sexual activity that um, that some males and females in Jamaica engage in. And um, it's not your intimate, passionate, slow, I like long walks on the beach. Vigorous. Um, wine and um, Netflix and chill kind of thing. It's more like 
let's get down to business kind of thing. Um, but then there's the meaning of dagger as well. Um, and so it, it was kind of, I think the Broadcasting Commission felt as well. Because if you, if you, as you listen to that song just now, not knowing that daggering is related to a dance, you would hear hundred stab, thousand juke. You guys don't know what juke is. I can tell you it. If I juke Jordan with some, okay. If I had something in my hand that was sharp and I went like that to Jordan, that's a juke, which is basically the same as like a stab. So you could see why um, that would not necessarily be the best thing to be. So I think that's why the broadcasting commission felt like that was a bit harsh. And so they just banned daggering altogether. Yeah, but I mean, that song still... It had it, it's the, still... Daggering had become a genre of its own. Yes. So, I mean, they couldn't really stop it by any other measure other than to just ban, ban it, from it all together. Yeah, the, mm. the so, word itself was banned. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, from television right. and, yeah. right. and radio. A, a funny like story is that the, that, that song was... Was in the was in the local top ten charts, and so you'd be watching the charts, and then you would see the other songs coming, and then and you'd hear the songs, you would see the whatever visual they had attached, and then that would that one would come on, and then you just see a blank screen, and then it was put <laughs> put the name, and then edit dagger in. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, uh, Mama have a song in the top ten charts, but you can't really hear it. You know? <laughs> Yeah. And and what about the performance of the dance as well? Is that also regulated? Does it have to happen like in underground parties? It or? still happens in the underground. Not a, not as much. Not as but, much, you know. But I mean, people are getting hurt <laughs> trying to do these things. I mean, we literally like people were um, jumping from the roof um, at a street dance. The 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 girl would lie flat on the ground, and the guy would jump from the roof and jump on her and vice versa and so. vice versa and there were unfortunately some incidences where people got hurt um right. i mean why would well let's not get into why <laughs> stranger things have happened so um that had a lot to do with it um but yeah and that kind of particular rhythm of that track because it's so um it's almost like a polka or something it's got such an unusual rhythm to it is that informed by the dance or the dance informs that or it just kind of came together as as it was you, you know what 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 did what, what daggering was actually doing it was it was taken from from very old jamaican traditions from kumina from brookings Dinky mini. Um, <laughs> so the, the, the dance initially from where it's coming from it's really supposed to be something sacred right but because it's 2009 2010 and not so sacred words have been put to it. It, it, it changes so, you know, it was, it was viewed. Um, it's tearing apart at the moral <laughs> fabric of the society. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's really something that's, that's 300, 400 years old. And, and that's, that's how far I can trace it back to. I'm, I'm not the jumping off the roof part. <laughs> <laughs> that's new. That's new. Right. But, but the, actual, the actual movements, it, it's, it's very old movements. You know, so but I would say it, it kind of informed the, the, the um, whatever was happening in 2009. It was something, you know, centuries ago that was informing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of fast forwarding a few years from there, 
um, and perhaps even before that period when dancehall kind of crossed over into mainstream pop music um, with artists like Sean Paul, etc. Um, and then another wave with artists like Drake and, and Rihanna and even Ed Sheeran. Um, but I remember reading uh, sometime in the last couple of years that a particular club in London um, was told by the police that they weren't able to play dancehall because it because their reasoning was that um, having dancehall music meant that there would be a spike in aggressive behaviour and violence and whatnot. I mean, what's what's your kind of take on that? Um, I I just feel like there's this idea that dancehall is it's seen to be such a threat to the moral fibre that even kind of outside of Jamaica, like part of the Jamaican diaspora is still going to be affected by these negative connotations around dance hall. Were you aware of it, first of all? And yeah. Yeah. Well, um, dance hall as an art form is, is an art form that reflects what's actually happening in Jamaica. And it's, it's never been tried to be curved by any other artists, any other producers. It's really just raw. And you get that rawness when you come to Jamaica and it's exported just the same. You know, but it's not like the, the this this thing that they're saying like um the lyrics, the violent lyrics saying, All right, you know, go kill this guy, this and that 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 it's all very contextual. You know, so a lot of the things that they say. Like I don't know, I don't know, a very uh, song that I like now called Hot Tool. So out of the context of Jamaica, if if someone comes to you and say, Yo, you know, somebody just may have the hot tool. <laughs> you know, you, you probably really wouldn't understand what he's trying to say. So it's really within the diaspora that something like that happens. I mean, in London you have people saying like showerman and things like that where <laughs> in Jamaica, you know, if some set of people from a particular political um, view said they were a showman. It, it wouldn't really end well, you know. So it's very contextual and people have to realize that. So you can't just put like a broad thing on it and say, well, Jamaican music is very violent and so on. So because a lot of music draws from the violent, I mean, hip hop draws from like actual things that are there. Dancers draw from actual things. But whereas, I mean, more the world can identify with maybe hip hop because of the terms they use. <laughs> you know, Jamaica is very is very intense, and as we say, it, it, things move fast there, so the words change, the terms change, all of that. So it's kind of hard to keep up. But uh, what I get is the rawness, <laughs> and you know, I guess that kind of brings that brings uh, 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 a rawness in the people as well. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not that we're going out and saying, "Oh, yo, it's bad." You just wanted to do it back to me. (laughs) It's not not that kind of thing. I think that um, we know that music is a a manifestation of of people. Music is created by people. And there is always the binary opposites. There's always good. There's always bad. I think... um, I think that, you know, with, with persons saying that dance hall incites, you know, violence in, in particularly in the youth, it's all across the board. Every genre has, you know, speaks to the, the, the good things and the bad things, the positives and the negatives. And music is very influential 
we have no statistics to show that dance hall has influenced young people in a way that that drives them to a point where they would act in a negative way but i mean it's it's very possible that sitting down listening to some dancehall lyrics that says yo kill them all and done might might you know might build fire in a young person um that of course has to do with a lot of other things it it would be issues that they would be you know you know going through on their own accord or whatever but it's it's with everything it's with hip-hop it's with rock it's it's in it's in all the different genres there is there will always be someone who is negatively charged by the music i think it's unfair to you know to limit one genre to say this is it dance hall is what is causing persons to behave erratically um but i we we knew of it um it's something that we've heard over time um but yet we must highlight and um and um emphasize on the positives uh, that come from dancehall a lot of dancehall music provides a feeling of belonging and empowerment for the youth in jamaica and within the diaspora um, there's a lot of uh, dancehall artists who are putting out music that is talking about um, ghetto youths must rise and you know um, just hold the faith and be strong and and there's a lot of young people I know that listen to dancehall music and it drives them to do their schoolwork or it it drives them to go out there and get a job or or it it empowers them the musically creative ones to say you know what I can be like like Equinox, who is out there, you know, seeing the world and and impacting persons with their, you know, with their music. So, I mean, there is there is the bad mm -hmm. to dancehall as as with any genre, and there is the positive as well. I guess on the flip side of that, there's also. Um a huge community of dancehall appreciators and dancehall creators who aren't in Jamaica as well. Like I know that there was a particular connection with a crew in Poland who were pretty instrumental in kind of, um, I suppose, introducing you to a new audience in Europe. So what, what have some of those experiences been like, kind of travelling to different parts of the world and discovering these people who are like diehard uh, dancehall lovers and supporters? Yeah, I mean... Poland, Poland was with with an emphasis on Warsaw was actually the first place that that we knew existed really outside of Jamaica in a in a musical sense directly to us. There was a guy that came to our studio called Twenty Seven Pablo, and he was like, "Listen, you, we 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 have your song as the number one song." Um, it was RDX, a song called Movements. It was 2010, yeah. Um, I was like, what? <laughs> what do what, what you mean by that? Um, anyway, um, we started communicating more and more, and he kept on saying, you know, hey, come to Poland. I was like, yeah, but to do what, though? Like, I was, I was looking at the, the, the plane tickets, and I was like, do I really need to come to Poland? <laughs> um, and he was like, 
listen, you better come because we've just opened a lounge and we've called it Equinox. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, show me. <laughs> so he sends a YouTube video with like a tour of the place and I was like completely blown away. And then immediately after that, one of the members of that crew got a tattoo like across her fingers that said Equinox. And I was like, all right, what's, what, what's, what's happening here? <laughs> what's happening here now? Um, so we just released a, a, a mixtape at the time. Um, it was with a vocalist called Massacre, called Equinox Introduces Massacre <laughs> to King Toby. And it really struck, it really struck a nerve with, 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 with peeps in Poland. And the, the same friend, 27 Pablo, was like, listen, you need to come and perform that mixtape. I was like, but like, what do you mean by perform it? Like, I'm not a performer, I'm a producer. <laughs> like, stop that. <laughs> um, and he was like, but yeah, you can DJ. I'm like, but I can't. <laughs> um, and, and what really happened was that um, it was 2013 and, and that the performance was, uh, I think, on Friday. And on Thursday, I was in Warsaw learning how to DJ. Um, it, it didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. The, the first event didn't go as well as I wanted it to go, but um, it still went very good. Um, and then I, I think by the second event, we're like already pros at it. Because <laughs> uh, DJing was something that we always wanted to do, but we, we, didn't, we didn't really get a chance to explore it. We, did, we, we just didn't see the function of it. There's no like known duality in Jamaica, like the, the, the producer who DJs or the DJ who produces. Um, you're either one or the other, basically. And it's more seen as like a progression, like maybe you started out as a DJ, then you progress to a producer, and then your, your DJ life is another life, you know, mm -hmm. um, like you reincarnated to be a producer or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so 27 Pablo was the, was, the, was the first person who like pointed out to us that, like, yo, you can, you can kind of do both, you know. Um, it, it can actually work. And we did it and it worked. And... Then um, we just kept on doing it, really, um, and 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 Poland supported, um, and then we we started seeing a lot of support from a lot of other places. I guess a lot of places were were supporting, but then we we couldn't really pick it up because you know um, it's not it's not the time of Instagram yet, or you know um, so you're lucky if you see a tweet from someone, or that's how it really started, and then it just kind of spiraled into us learning about a lot of places. Um, another core place turned out to be Manchester in the UK, um, where there is a man speaking to me on SoundCloud, kind of anonymously. And I, I just kind of knew that he was onto something special. All um, the good people come into his life anonymously. <laughs> 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 the, the name of that person was John K. Um, he didn't really identify himself as such. I think he just said his name was John. I was like, John, okay. Um, You're very welcoming of pe anonymous people who reach out to you online. He likes the, the There's a thing, thing with the words, you know, you can kind of tell by, by, you can kind of tell a bit of the intent with, with, with the words, you know, if, hey, is this person going to waste your time? Or there's a lot of people who... <laughs> um, anyway, um, a few years after that, or not a few, like a year after that, uh, by then I turned friends with a with a young man called 
DJ Samurai, who is also from Manchester, who um, a little deep in the friendship, he said that, you know, there's a guy named John K that's been checking out you guys' stuff. I'm like, all right, who is that? You know, um, he was like, you know, he's a well-respected DJ in Manchester. Um, I was like, all right, cool. And he was like, yo, um, well, meet John, you know. So I met John and then I realized that it's the same, you know, email address. And I'm like, <laughs> John. <laughs> hey, John. <laughs> um, and then he started talking about doing an album, you know. I was like, all right, cool, yeah, it's cool. Um, it was, he was like, all right, um, but let's, let's, let, let's limit the vocals a little bit. I was like, all right, well, let's do that. You know, we rounded up the troops. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, we, and we did the album that was Bird Sound Power. Um, and, you know, while we were doing it, we, 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 didn't, really, we, we didn't really think um, much of it. We, we just treated it like, you know, a, 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 you know, just something that we're doing, like, you know, like everything else. It's not like, oh, we're going to do an album and it's going to do this, it's going to do that. And then the album was released. Um, by then, sorry, John had introduced us to um, DDS. Mm -hmm. um, we just had this long email thread going for like literally like one year, maybe like like 300 emails or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, over that period, you know, we, 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 we found out how deep of a love that the, the, the city of Manchester had for Equinox. And then... Yeah, and then when the album was released, you know, we, we, it was official. Right? Manchester was like second home. <laughs> and then we've just met a whole lot of other people. I think if, if Gavin is really to get down into all the people that have become a part of the link. I think we need all five of the Red Bull sessions <laughs> to really <laughs> discuss this. But there, there are also some very um, special people in the room um, right now who have um, impacted us in ways that we didn't know that they were impacting us from before. And we've come to realize, you know, you know, how important and how special they are to us. One particularly, I won't say his name, but he knows himself, he's in here. Um, yeah, so it's been the gratification and the support that we've gotten on the road. I have another friend who's in here who, I don't know how long it took him to get here from where he's from, probably three hours, four hours. Um, it's been amazing. It's been amazing just to think that we're in Jamaica. I mean, this is the era of globalization and technology. But we are in Jamaica and there are people all across the world who, who are finding joy and happiness and purpose and meaning in, I, I wouldn't even just say music, but in the art form that you have created. And then you get the opportunity to travel to these places where they are and you meet them and the connection is so genuine, so sincere, so real and you realize my music did this, you know, something I created did this. It's an overwhelming feeling and the gratification is, 
it just makes it gives us the drive to continue you know and to do more you know every every time we travel we meet someone um whether it's whether it's in person through our travels or you know through not MSN Messenger because that no longer exists, <laughs> but through Instagram or Facebook or or SoundCloud or you know whatever platform is available, and they reach out to us, and that makes us feel so good, and we feel so good to have all you people here come out to listen to us chat, especially me, like. You must realize right now I love to talk, but <laughs> to listen to to our story and to listen to um, how we've you know come to where we are, we hope that even if it's not just music, but in some aspect of your life, we hope that it will impact you in some way and you know bring some light to something and you know engage you in a way that. You know, you say, you know, I, I listened to Equinox talk at the Red Bull lecture and now I feel like I can go and do that painting or I can go and make that that outfit or I can go and cook that that dish or I can go and study that course. You know, we hope that it does for you what you all do for us. Oh, that's a lovely positive message. Yeah. <laughs> I think this would be a great time to actually hear something off um, the Bird Sound Power album that came out on DDS Records, which is uh, the record label of Dem Dyke Stare from Manchester. Um, I'm going to be selfish again and play my favourite track, <laughs> which is the opening track called Last of the Mohicans. And I really, I really love it because it, it sounds like an opening track. Like there's this real sense of anticipation and it has all of these like hallmarks of dancehall and then it kind of veers off into sci-fi film soundtrack and I, I find it fascinating so we can talk a little bit about that after we play this and this track is going to be called uh, Last of the Mohicans. So I believe that most of the tracks that made it onto Bird Sound Power were kind of rhythms that you'd made over a pretty extended period of time, is that right? Like it was something that was pieced together by you and uh, John Kay and um, Miles from Demdike Stair. So and Sean, okay. Um, so in terms of the next release that came out through Demdike Stair, sorry, through DDS Records, um, Colon Man, is that pronounced correctly? Colon, because it it's got a, an accent. Um, <laughs> what was the approach to that? Was this also um, a collection or kind of like a retrospective of things that you've been working on or was this newer material um, because there was such a small amount of time between those two records that came out through DDS? Mm. It was it was it was all new stuff. It was okay. all new stuff, like over the course of two months. Like two months, yeah. yeah, yeah. And was there a different approach to um, the production of it, just in the sense of knowing that you're working towards this record that's coming out? And I and I love the transition between Bird Sound, Bird Sound Power and Colin Man, because Colin Man is even more stripped back and minimal <laughs> and um, glitchy. Um, so is that something that you kind of, a project that you went into going, okay, we're making this album and this is the palette, or was it still just this kind of organic? A little, a little of everything. I mean, um, some of the trucks influenced by a lot of things. I mean, mainly like even our travels, experiencing new music and, you know, new people, just even the feelings of different countries being there, you know, 
like in Poland we found a kalimba in a friend's house it was his child's toy you know <laughs> and you know we sampled that and we 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 really took a lot from what we learned <coughs> and put it back into that and tried to make it like tighter than than bird sound power so it's so it's more like an album now you know and even the the title in the track there, there was this other there was actually a track called Colon man but you know it it didn't really fit with like the direction of everything i figured well you know it, we really love that track but if it if it can't go on it why don't we just yeah. call the album Colon man then we have to we have to win in some way <laughs> <laughs> not giving up on it no <laughs> Um, and Colin Mann is, um, as with Bird Sound Power, primarily instrumental rhythms that you've put together. Um, would you like to hear somebody singing or emceeing over these tracks at some point? I mean, apart from, of course, in the live setting when um, you have Shanique and other vocalists, uh, but as they are at the moment, is this is are these tracks that you would hope to feed back into your collective of artists and to see what they do with them as well? Or do you think this is gonna, these two records will stand alone as, as these specific projects? Not necessarily, you know. Um, not necessarily at all. I mean, if, 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 if something like that happens, you know, we'd welcome the discussion, you know. Um, but we're, we're definitely not setting out to do that. Okay, yeah. Um, and just to, I'd, I'd love to play a track of um, Colin Mann in a, in a moment, um, but just in terms of the multiplicity of sound that you can hear across it, as I mentioned before, like a lot of glitchy electronic sounds, a lot of um, kind of what sounds to me like a UK bass influence. Do you think, or would you say that it's fair to say that this comes at the end of a period of perhaps absorbing other influences as well and kind of cross-pollinating with artists that you've met along your travels? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is there anything in particular that you can identify as being not one particular influence or a scene or, or w was there anything that in particular s sparked the idea for this album? Mm. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's quite a good question. I think we have to go home and sleep on that one. <laughs> we'll email you. Yeah, yeah. Send it to me on um, yeah, MSN SoundCloud Messenger. Or MSN, yeah. But, but like the, even the influences that you're speaking of, I mean, it's just like we'll be at, at shows and like we, 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 it's not like we just go there to perform, we go there to also enjoy. And like hearing like some noise music, you know, hearing some techno, hearing some UK bass. I so, you know that that would have sound a bit tougher with some other things, <laughs> <laughs> and you know we tried to, as Gavin said, you know we may, we may use uh, a Timberland sample pack, but we turn it into our own. So we, we draw things from other things and just turn it into our own. Very good. Um, I think we should hear a track of uh, Colin Man, and I'm going to select. Uh, let's go for plantain porridge because I think this links nicely to what I mentioned before of like taking one particular sound source and really stretching it and in this particular track it's a voice which is kind of like stretched and moulded in a multiple, multiple different ways so um, let's play this one it's also very nice porridge <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to ask one last question. What's the key to a good rhythm? You have many keys. You have C, C major, <laughs> C major. The key to a good rhythm 
is your heart. That's the key to a good rhythm. Just make the rhythm. <laughs> just, just do it. Just start. Just try not to think about it too much. You know, try not to think, I need to make this rhythm like the rhythm that I just heard on the radio or I just heard in the street. Like, try to make the rhythm based on what you feel because you hear it, you know. You hear it in your head and then you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. You hear it. Make sure that you use that. What you hear in your head is most likely coming from here. It's in your belly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is your belly? This is where your belly is here? <laughs> coming from your heart. That's, but I mean... I'm no big beat maker, so I'm just rhythm, saying. Rhythm, 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 rhythm. rhythm. <laughs> I'm no rhythm maker, so I'll hand it over to the professionals. You got to say about it. Rhythms from <laughs> Shanique Marie coming soon. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it all of the thinking from before. I think in the studio, you should just let it go. Yeah. You yes. do the thinking on your way to the studio, on your way home, on your way to work, on your way to school, wherever. That's where you do the thinking. You know, and in the studio, you just be free. Please help me thanking Jordan, Shanique, and Gavin for making up. Hey, this is Todd Burns again. Thanks for listening to Couch Wisdom. Before you go, I just wanted to take a moment to tell you a bit about the Red Bull Music Academy. The whole thing is a world-traveling series of music workshops and events. Almost every year since 1998, we have done the main academy event in one city. But we also do various things around the world throughout the year. In fact, we may just be doing an event near you pretty soon. If you want to find out more, do check us out at Red Bull Music Academy. Com. Also, if you liked what you heard on this podcast and you're not already subscribed, please go for it and consider rating us while you're at it. It really does help other people discover the podcast. In any case, that's all for me. Thanks for listening to Couch Wisdom. <laughs>